that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the tote.co.uk all the way through the national hunt season. Um, delighted to say Dermot Norman is back. Hello Dino, how are you buddy? Good, thank you. And my ears have survived that opening salvo. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Good. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> we fixed the volume, so that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, good to have you back Dermot, how are things? All right? All good buddy, all good. Good, 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 good. Okay, um, I've also, oh, Paddy is back uh, two weeks in a row, Paddy, how are you? Good afternoon again, boys. Nice to have you. Yeah, no, thanks very well. much. Delighted to be back. Good stuff. And, you know, they're, they're fleeting appearances, but becoming more regular on the race hour. We do have Don McLean. Don, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, no, delighted to be here. Whenever you, whenever you want me, yeah, just give the shout. I'm right there. Demo says that. I said, oh, I'll see. I'll check if I've got a message for Don. And, and Demo says to me, yeah, it says, stop messaging me. <laughs> 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 but, you know. Remember the first year, the preview night, when Keith Dunne, who said that, you know, to get through to Pat Kelly, you always have to ring a different phone number every time. That's what what booking Don McLean is like. I'd say that's the first time I've been put into the same sentence as Pat Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) The the Don McLean burner. Which number do you have? Ring some man in West Wicklow who put us through to somebody. (laughs) I remember remember Keith saying that, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Okay, look, this week on the race out, I mean, we're going to start delving in to the Cheltenham Festival markets as we go week on week now to Cheltenham because we're we're through the Christmas salvo of some fantastic racing. Lots more clues um, on the board. Lots more darts have been thrown. And uh, we'll have a little bit more of a better picture. So today we're going to cover the Supreme, the Ballymore and the Albert Bart. I might throw a couple of the other uh, juvenile novice race at us at the end. Uh, but before we get into that stuff... Uh, what do we make of the weekend, chaps? Because we did see a couple of nice horses out. Um, I might start, I mean, we're looking for eye catchers here, but some, I think they're the obvious ones. Um, I thought Love Envoy was very, very good in the Mare's Hurdle win at Sandown. Uh, almost when it took the race on the bridal demo. I mean, this one is a live contender now, as it should be. Of course, Mare's Novice winner going for it. probably the Mare's Hurdle at Cheltenham. Um, Marie's Rock is going to win that race, but Love Envoy could come second. <laughs> uh, Marie's Rock, I'd say, but the fact that Epitaut now is in the mayor's hurdle today, I would not be surprised to see Marie's Rock go up to the stairs. But anyway, that's, no, a, no, chat. No, that's a chat for no. another podcast. But the Love Envoy, as Paddy pointed out last week, uh, Noel Feely is, um, and the gang, they're running that. They're, they're brilliant at purchasing horses. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and even that, that, that Tamores as well for them. Uh, I've probably made a Horlicks now of... Uh, of pronouncing that anyway, but the but yeah, um, and then elsewhere, Dean as well, um, Connor Harla, who 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 Gary Connolly, um, flagged up as a horse to follow, um, won unbelievably easy on Sunday, really well backed, uh, really did improve for the application of money, um, I <laughs> thought, tell me something, girl is going to be interested now back in the mare's hurdle again because she she didn't jump like a chaser at all, which was surprising for Henry de Bromhead's yard. Uh, she was lucky to win there, really. Uh, showed her class, but just definitely didn't jump around. And afterwards, uh, Peter Maloney, the um, the racing manager there for them, said that, that you know, the, the mare's hurdle would look the most viable option after that. Um, and then the other one that I thought was an eye-catcher uh, was in the maiden hurdle, the 250 at Nace on Sunday. Uh, Quirk's Gate came second there at 6-1 to one for 
Harry Connell and Michael O'Sullivan got going a bit too late obviously the, win- the, the winner was four to one on but really stayed on like a good horse and that horse for me will be picking up uh, a handicap hurdle this season do you know yeah, I mean, a few stories she picked up in there. Barry Connell is going some uh, guns with his runners. But the, the Noel Fahili syndicate, Paddy, as we've talked about before, uh, geez, where does he find all these horses? They're superstars, and he doesn't seem to have a bad one. No, and I think he's highlighted the fact himself as well, Dino, that you know because he's dealing with a syndicate here, he's got to look for some value when he's buying these horses. And both Love Envoy and Tamaris, you know, the, Tamaris is by Falco, and you know, love envy. They're not by, you would say, sire of the moment. So he has been able to pick up some very, very reasonably priced horses. But and obviously, Noel is is using his connections that he's picked up throughout his years of riding. And no, I, I do. I, I think he's, he's he sourced them so well. But I just couldn't get that image out of my head that you know the day this horse won his novice at, at Chepstow, both Noel Fahili and and Dave Cross were there at Chepstow and a few of the syndicate members and honestly it, it they just to me they did seem relieved on the day that finally this horse was proven to them that he could actually be as good as as what we suspected um yeah and you know they, they, they were proved right and i know he 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 what it wasn't the the perfect performance the other day but i still think there's an awful lot of untapped potential and for me at the minute the hurdles are getting in the way a little bit. You you would think this fellow would make a f- far more effort at a at a hurdle. His technique does leave a little bit to be desired. But if he can kick the second last and the last out of the way and go win a tall work like that on bad ground, that would do for me. Yeah, you can always take the positives from those negatives there. I think there was a few cribbing it afterwards, but just went and got the job done. Uh, Don, I come to you. I mean, no Fahili horses now on everyone's radar, aren't they? Those colours are just getting in the winner's enclosure all the time. And uh, he's got two nice ones. Love Envoy, obviously, we know a lot about. Uh, Tamara's not so much yet. Yeah, like, absolutely. Love Envoy was was very, very good. And, you know, as you say, she's got the Chapman Festival winning for him. So she's a player. She, I think they, they went about 7-1 to one after the race. And suddenly she's 4-1, to 9-2. That's Tamara's right. hurdle. Um, and, yeah, Tamara's, like, and Noel Feely, of course, he won the Tallworth hurdle on Somerville Boy, who went on and won the Supreme Novices hurdle. And, um bizarre enough he could do it as an owner as well but um on, on Barry Connell as well I fully agree with Dermot on Quirk's Gate he ran a good race he stayed on well there were a couple of eye catchers in there in that race as well I thought Harvard Guy did well to stay on from the pack and he ch- he, he, he he was the only one who was able to get close to the first five it was a funny race the first five had a nice break on the rest of the field and mm-hmm. Harvard Guy stayed on really really nice with Quirk's Gate he's like he's he, he couldn't get close to Hunter's yarn, but he was strong at the finish. And as you say, Barry Connell, his, the, the season he's having as a fledgling trainer, I mean, we know as, we know as, a, as a rider and as an owner, but now as a trainer, like his, his strike rate, it was just before Nason Sunday, was going through his figures, and he's got a 32% strike rate this season so far, 12 wins from 38 runners, which is phenomenal. And it's, he's got quality as well. Like he's got good land run at a really good winner of the maiden hurdle at Leopardstone over Christmas. And, I think he was talking about the Nathaniel Lacey hurdle, the grade one hurdle at the Dublin Racing Festival for him. Obviously, he's got Marie Nacional, so as well as Kirk Kate running a really promising race, he had the result of the Lawlers, the Lawlers race, which completely enhanced Marie Nacional's Royal Bond hurdle win. So lots of positives for Barry Connell from the weekend. Um, yeah, look, there were a few eye-catchers from around the place at the weekend, I thought. Alexei de Nuts, I know he's, a, he's an older horse, but with the fitting of cheap pieces for the first time, he was very good at Wincanton. And Excitation is the horse that 
who beat him last time at Doncaster. He clocked a fast time in winning the the, handi- the, two, the two mile handicap chase at Sandown. And I thought, you know, Grey Diamond was probably traveling well when he came out the second last. It might have been a good race between the two of them. But I thought excitations the way he went to the line. That was impressive. And he's 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 eight years old now, but he's still fairly likely raced for an eight year old. And I thought Gemma Rand as well, Venetia Williams horse, a Venetia mm. Williams horse who's probably better on good ground than he is on soft ground, which, which which is unusual. But I thought he did well because he made mistakes at all three railway fences down the far side at Sandan, and he only just gave best. And certainly, Red is a really strong stare from the second last fence. So I thought maybe Gemma Rand, if he can get back on some better ground later in the spring, then he there could be a nice prize on him as well. Yeah, well said. And, you know, you mentioned Elixir de Nuts. It's amazing that horse is only nine. Seems to have been around forever. Um, but any horse that can beat Galahad Quest by eight and a half lengths um, <laughs> and giving it nine pounds, uh, that, that's a horse to follow. All right. Uh, good land you mentioned there, Don. Of course, if anyone is um, a regular reader, will be well versed on your thoughts on good land from the bookmakers.co.uk horses to follow column you have. And do check that out. Uh, there's a few others from the Christmas period on there on the website okay uh, don i might ask you about that cadathala i think it's called um yeah there was a bit of application of money but i mean it was a well-known horse that everyone thought was probably well handicapped um just did enough really under aiden kelly thought it was canny enough and they'll, they'll probably go find a few more won't they cole murphy doesn't mess around when he has a good one yeah cadaharl i think is how you pronounce it. yeah what, what happened thank you yeah um no like he was I thought his runs in Maiden Hurdles, like, you know, the quintessential three runs in Maiden Hurdles and then into a handicap, but I thought his runs in, in those Maiden Hurdles were good. Like, he, he he finished, he wasn't beaten that far by Hidden Valley Lake in the Maiden Hurdle at Nace, and Hidden Valley Lake went on and won the grade three race over three miles next time, and he's a big player in the Albert Barton Hurdle, which we will come on to later on in the piece, I'm sure. Um, exactly. And that race is working out really well. Like, Santonito won next time, Gehul won next time, even Chain of Consequence finished behind him that day and was well beaten on Sunday. He he, he came out and won next time, 101 shot of Angus King. So like his form was good anyway, coming into the race. And yeah, like he was really well back, sent off at 10 to 11, like odds on for a, for a, you know, what, what should have been a competitive handicap before. And, but he, he won really well. He was a bit green as well. He got the last flight wrong when he hit the, hit the front and he won with plenty in hand. See the handicap had given 13 pounds. He's up to 122 now. But you know that was a not to hundred or a, an eight an eighty to hundred and sixteen race and a Dare Manor opportunity race, but even one hundred and twenty two, you'd think that should be well within his compass as well. So yeah, no, he's an exciting horse of J.P. McManus's and Helen Murphy's. Sure is, and Emma, I think your point about Tell Me Something Girl was well made. Just not probably one to take forward for fences for this season. I think they'll come back to hurdles like you suggest, which does make that mare's hurdle a bit more exciting, Emma. Really good, yeah, and look the. Mayor's Hurdle has been interesting now for for quite a while. So for um, it's a division that's only getting better and better. And you've got, you know, Brandy Love. You've got um, Maurice Rocks obviously going to the Stairs Hurdle. Sorry. So you've got all them. And then the, um, and then her back in there as well. Because I still do think that, that she was she was coming to at least trouble them in the Mayor's Hurdle last year when she came down. So hopefully, uh, hopefully now if she goes back to the Mayor's Hurdle again, she'll be quite interesting again, won't she? And you'll be back involved, no doubt. And I, I second that. Obviously, we were there, watched their uh, coming round to make the challenge, and then it all went wrong. And, you know, they have said, as obviously, same connections have said, Honeysuckle will go champion or nowhere. Yeah, which is um, great. We've heard that before, but it was from Mr. Ritchie, wasn't it? <laughs> With a different horse. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, but they, they've nailed their colours. I think I think that's right. I think that's the right thing to do. Okay. Um, thanks, chaps, for that quick spin over the weekend stuff. But there was one more question I wanted to ask. 
Um, obviously, we had the we talked about the retirement of, of Davy Russell on this podcast just a week or so ago, and um, unfortunately, Demo, you know, you know better than than myself, but Jack Kennedy, a jockey that has been going great guns, riding really, really well. He's had to suffer another injury. And now Gordon Elliott's gone and lost arguably his best two pilots. It's uh, it's unbelievably cruel on Jack. Uh, he just can't seem to get a run at this at all. He can't seem to be able to, to stay fit and keep going. It just doesn't seem to be working out for him at all at all. And that's that's just heartbreaking for him because, you know, he's he really has been having a wonderful season riding at, at the top of his power but every time he seems to be building up a good lot of momentum it's just something like this happens uh this is the life of a jockey of course but jack seems to have had more than his fair share at his young age um of injuries now and yeah the timing of it for gordon is something phenomenal uh but jordan gameford it has to be remembered how good a pilot this lad is you know he, he went to Cheltenham his first Cheltenham landed a touch for paul byrne um being put up on a gamble like that on the shunter, that's that's nearly harder sometimes than you know riding a fancied one in a Grade One. There's a bit more pressure on board when there's there's that much interest behind it. So he handled that very well. I thought he handled Jerry Cologne at Christmas. I thought that was one. The, I said last week that that was one of the rides of the whole the whole festive period. I'd expect him to be number one. Sam Ewing and then Dennis Regan to find out number two probably. Um, and then he's you, a bit more an island now, right? That's for sure. Yeah, and he's down there a good bit. So so you know mm. so he. He's got those three. It's more than likely good enough. If it, I, I'd imagine if he had to fly someone else in, he wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have a difficult job persuading a jockey to come in short term there. But uh, I think he's more than covered with uh, with game for newing, etc. But I wonder, is there a little bit of uh, David Russell thinking? Had I just hung on two months, I'd be um, I'd be I'd be number one there again. Well, if he hadn't have announced it and decided that was when he was going to go, he'd be in a very box seat in terms of a lot of horses, wouldn't he? And but he has announced it, and I don't think he's for turning. Don is he? Davy will uh, will will just accept that this is racing. It could have been him who's had the fall. Yeah, it's desperate for Jack Kennedy, isn't it? Like just yeah. what Dermot said there, it's 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 really awful. Like he was clear in the Jockey's Championship, what was he nearly twenty clear of Paul Townend, and it was going to be some task for Paul Townend to reel him in. And yeah, you were kind of thinking just, you know, he's getting a run at it now. It's brilliant that he is getting a good go at it. Because I think before Sunday, it was his longest spell without a serious injury since he started riding. And then for that to happen again, like it's just, it's gutting for him and for Gordon Elliott as well. Like it's, it's just, you know, and it's at a bad time when he's just say, yeah, like, look, Davey's brilliant. You know, we know all he achieved, but I'd be surprised. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he came back. Like he's done it now. And I think when he went out at Thurless, he was very, very comfortable with going out at the time with the winner on his own terms, walking away, and yeah, it'd be it'd be a big big thing now to for him to turn around and and, and go back into. I I you know you, you just don't know. And look, Davies his own man. He'll, he'll he'll make the right decision, but I'd I'd be surprised. I would too. I think I think everything you said about the way he went out and the decision he made and he's and the comfortableness they have with it. I would be surprised too. Paddy, you're the man who's sat in the saddle. Us three, you know, uh, <laughs> we could talk a good game, but we've not done it. So, uh, you know, you, you tell me, Paddy, uh, would Davey have any tinge of regret now that he's seen that? Or will it also just remind him that it could have it could have been him, of course, and that's why he's stepping away now? I think I'd be awful surprised if he was to make a, a comeback, to be honest, because, you know, it's not just, he's got to consider his family here, hasn't he? He's put them through you know, the final decision that he's he, he's made. And I know it was only just the other day that he's he's finished, but I would be awfully surprised to see him come back. And 
I mean, look, I think the top and bottom of it is, lads, that we've got eight weeks yet. It's it's firmly looking like Jack Kennedy will be back for the for the festival. Um, mm. You know, the, the, it doesn't appear maybe to be as bad as, as first thought. Uh, definitely lower leg is always better than than higher up. Um, but I suppose the fact of the matter is, O'Regan, Dennis O'Regan, Sam Ewing, obviously Jordan Gainford, I think he's got plenty of help there, hasn't he? So uh, well, They're good men in the saddle, aren't they? Especially, you know, Jordan and Sam are coming through. We all know about Dennis O'Regan, but the, the other two, they're, they're rising stars. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so he, he's not going to be, be short of, of candidates anyway, that's for sure. But yeah, it was an interesting question yesterday. And, you know, I'm sure even there'll be a bit of an itch there with, with Davey, but maybe all, all things considered, um, I, I, I'd be, I'd be awfully surprised myself. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll watch this space and fingers crossed, um, you know, from us here that, um, Jack can make it back in time and that he heals up well. And it's just another step, uh, in his, in his career, because he's had so many of them. You certainly know how to deal with it. So fair play. Fingers crossed. He comes back soon. Okay. Look on the race. Hour now we're going to take a very a quick break. When we come back, it's into the Supreme, the Ballymore and the Albert Bartlett and the novice hurdlers at the Cheltenham Festival. You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing. Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course thetote.co.uk. It's myself, Don McLean, Dermot Nolan and Paddy Aspel and we're going to stick with Cheltenham of course and steam in to, well we're going to say it a lot over the course of the next few weeks of course but we're we're going to start with the Supreme Novice Hurdle. Um, a lot of people, and I've talked about it on here before, um, obviously think it could be a one-horse race with Facile Vega, the anointed one, uh, gone and done everything right so far. But, Dem, I think me, me and you, we were a little bit on the fence about Facile Vega and would love something to come out and, and give it a rattle. I'm not really sure why, Demo, though. I, 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 actually, I always hate in horse racing when someone just makes an illogical argument about not liking a horse and not being really able to fully back it up. And I'm about to make that exact argument now because I'm just, yeah. I'm not cracked about him, Dean. I'm just not mad about him. Um, I don't love his jumping style. Um, I don't think that he put away Ilete, uh, it humped that well last time. Uh, yeah, the bumper form from last season doesn't seem to be much for now. Now I do hate judging bumper form halfway through a season because that can be flipped back on its head again very quickly. Uh, but American Mike hasn't done a whole pile. None of them really have. Seabank Bistro has been beaten, you know, uh, twice now. Uh, so that's, you know, a good lot of that form isn't that deep. And I do think a lot of the better novice um, novice herders from this season weren't involved in any of that form. So as much as Fasavig is clearly talented, and I have to note that every horseman that I know is mad about him. So he's clearly doing, Paddy, doing something that, you know, us, <laughs> yeah. uh, us, us proletariats aren't, um, aren't seeing properly. But the... I just really like Marine National. I went back through all the form last night. And Marine National, what he did that day, um, beating Champ Kiley. Now, the one thing I will say is that Champ Kiley, as much as it franks the form, it doesn't completely for me. I think Champ Kiley, as Lydia, I, I thought Lydia Don and Gary O'Brien were superb on Racing TV on Sunday. And I thought uh, what Lydia said about him post-race, Champ Kiley was very good. She said that the horse behaved more like a racehorse today. That's what Champ Kiley did. He didn't do that. Last time he pulled the head off himself and Marine National benefited from it. Um, but 
Irish points still ran the race. Everything that came out of that race ran their race. Marine National, I thought, uh, was superb that day and was value for further. Uh, you know, Michael O'Sullivan really didn't want to commit at all and then hit the last and had to go for it. Um, so that horse will only be kind of better for that. I don't like the fact that Marine National is going straight to the Cheltenham Festival, but I'm not cracked about Fasal Vega, Dean, and the more I keep rewatching Marine National, I'm cracked about that horse. Um, I would just have loved for another run and I would be kind of, you know, properly going in behind him. But there, there could just be a little more to go yet. I, I think hopefully the Dublin Racing Festival might see high definition tested a bit more or kind of a few more and just to see is there anything else. But at the moment, if I had to back Fasal Vega at five to six or Marine National at five to one, I probably will be going Marine National each way at five to one. Day. Sure. I understand that. I mean, we all thought Marine National was a horse you could just wait for the day because it's going to be a bigger price. Yep. What I've run since, we'll have lots of other things going on. But as the rivals disappear, <laughs> Marine National and is probably going to show Keep coming out running great yeah. races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, great. Hindsight is better. Um, all right, Don, look, I mean, Fasil Vega is, um, is rightly at the top of the market, but we are struggling for a few rivals. Jet Powered went and, uh, and flopped. We've had Marine National, we don't think we're going to see again, although that form looks better. Now, we've had Tomorris, of course, at the weekend. Um, I'm struggling for what else might appear, Don. Mm, yeah, and it, it's uh, it's an interesting race, isn't it? And we're not sure where they're going to go either because Ampara, Ampara Pass, he looked very good in winning at Nace, but that was two miles three. It was only a yeah. maiden, but like, he has to step forward from that, obviously. But he could go out and trip, couldn't he, to the Ballymore Gaelic Warrior. He's in it, and his form is over two miles but they're talking about the value more for him as well, potentially. Maybe it's because Fasil Vega is there, you know, is their stable companion. But look, on Fasil Vega, first of all, you can't, you really can't fault what he's done. Like, he's done all he's been asked to do. And like, I know the time of the ferry house of his maiden hurdle was really not good, but he couldn't have done much more than he did. The time of, his, of the future champions race the last day was better. He did it well. He got his solo out in front again. He let Tom challenged him but I, th- I thought he picked up well when he was challenged in Astro Diamond she was ridden way out the back and she stayed on to take third place he beat her by nine lengths Marine Nacional finished four lengths in front of her in the Royal Bond hurdle but more than that as Jim was saying it's it's the way he did it and like I'm a big Marine Nacional fan I thought even before like even when he was winning his bumpers Barry Connell said he thought he was the best horse he ever had which was a, <clears throat> a pretty bold statement and Barry Connell has owned great like not just of the horse he's trained it's of the horse he's owned as well yeah, he's a grade one winners, lots of them, and for him to say that so early in his career, that was a big statement. Going into the Royal Bond, I was worried about the ground for him. I didn't back him in the Royal Bond. He was, he was, he, and he drifted probably because of the ground. But I like a lot went against him. He kind of lost position on the far side as well. He got shuffled back, and Michael O'Sullivan is very, very good. He couldn't claim his five pounds in the Royal Bond, but he was, he was really good on him. He didn't panic. And he was nearly snookered by the mistake at the last. I thought he was riding a really well-timed race, a really well-judged race. He made that mistake at the last, and the horse got him out of trouble a little bit. He he, he picked up well and just got up and beat Irish Point. That form's working out great. And I, I take Dermot's point on Champ Kylie. He was way too keen in the Royal Bond. He was in behind, and he didn't seem to like that. He seemed to settle far better out in front on Sunday in the Lawler's, in the Lawler's race. So he's he's probably... He's, imp- he's he's put up a much better performance on Sunday than he did in the Royal Bond. But Irish Point probably ran his race on Sunday to a similar level to the, the race that he ran in the Royal Bond. And he franks the form. And Champ Colley and Irish Point, they put a nice distance of ground between themselves and their, and their rivals uh, on Sunday. So that Royal Bond form, it looks strong before Sunday. It looks even stronger now. 
and Marine Nationale. And, and you can see why Barry Connell is giving him a break. He was he was busy enough in it during the summer. So, mm. yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm not sure statistically how it figures out. And maybe Dermot knows that. But I don't mind him having a break between now and Cheltenham. And he's proven that he can go well fresh. The ground will probably be better at Cheltenham than it was for the Royal Bond, which will probably suit him better. And, yeah, like he could be... He could be a, a superstar, really. He's, he could be very, very good. And, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see him against Vasil Vega. Well, that's what you want, because you've got an apps, you've got a totally genuine form-franked rival in the field where I'm struggling to find others. Would the Tolworth form come into your equation, Don? Yeah, well, look, you know, the Tolworth, it's, it's a race that I kind of, I don't know, maybe it's because it comes up so quickly after Christmas, that you're just kind of trying to figure out what happened at Christmas and suddenly a, a grade one race upon you. But obviously Constitution Hill won it last year. Uh, it's it, it's a race that has thrown up high-class horses in the past. Some of the boys we mentioned earlier on, Noel Feely wrote, wrote him to win the Tallworth and then go on to win the, the Supreme Novices. York Hill won the Tallworth and won the Neptune, as I think it was, then the Ballymore. So it is a race that you know, can can produce Cheltenham Festival winners. And Tamuras, he's won his three hurdle races now. He's never been beaten. He travelled through the race very well on Saturday. Um, he was a bit kind of green, I suppose, on the run-in, and maybe the really soft ground made him kind of hang a wee bit to his left and up the hill. And I suppose he's still an experienced horse, so you can allow him that. So, yeah, look, he has to come into the reckoning. But, yeah, I just think the Irish horses might might hold sway. I think they might be better. Yep, such is life these days. That's how it works. Uh, Paddy, we, we, we know we know how much you like uh, Fasil Vega, and why not? And uh, you know our nonsense about cribbing the horse from myself and Dermo is based really more on gut than anything else um, that we have to back it up. Um, you know, you you obviously seen the t- the Tolworth. We talked a little bit about Tamaris before. What well, what else in this in this field impresses you as something that's a genuine contender to take on Fasil Vega? Imperial Pass, I think, has definitely got to yeah. come into consideration, guys, because, you know, that was a day where I found it, nay, any visually to me, nothing was quickening out of that ground. This was the only horse that day that actually quickened. I know you've you've maybe got to see a bit more evidence rather than him getting a, a freebie on, on the front end in, in a, a big, a big race field. But still, nonetheless, the way he did quicken through very bad ground, he's obviously got plenty of ability and... It's going to be interesting. Just a horse, I think, who who I haven't heard that much chat about, whether the connections go there with him. But if Rare Edition went down this route, mm. I think he definitely looks like a horse who's definitely overpriced. I think maybe if he if he lived somewhere else, he'd be a bit shorter. To be honest, he was very well bought. I think he was only forty five grand. This horse, uh, and he looks very very good so far but i'm sure connections will be chuffed to bits that he, he is going under the radar ever so slightly but i definitely think he's one maybe to keep in mind here but the thing about fasa vega for me is i think do you know it's like if you had a, a player going f- he goes from the premier league and he and he drops straight into league two or you know just a very lower league i mean no matter what the player does on the pitch playing in his new team, he's going to be under such scrutiny because they're going to expect absolute magic from him, everything he does. Whereas Fasa Vega, because of, you know, the the the, the way this horse is bred and, and the history there, it's just, you know, he, 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 he just can't appear to do anything right for people. But I like him physically as an individual. Um, but I suppose because there's such high standards and expectations for this horse to aim at, you know, I, I think he probably does come in for plenty of criticism, and and obviously 
the fact that he, he is going to kick the meeting off at, at very short odds. But um, I'm, I'm just struggling to get away from him so far. It does look that way, all right, and that's fair enough. I mean, everyone was, was raving about um, Jet Powered after its debut and obviously come out and been beaten on probably not ideal ground, not ideal conditions perhaps, but that horse can come back. I mean, Nicky Henderson, um, Dermo is a horse, is a trainer, of course, that you talked a lot about in previous preview nights and things about Supreme and, and where he has his horses. You'd imagine Jet Powered will come out and do something and, and then go there unless something's gone wrong. Yeah, no, look, um, ground-wise as well, he, he just despised it that day, I mean, Gary Moore said after the race, but they're sixty-six to one winner, wasn't it? That uh, the one that race, he was hoping yeah. that that horse would just get around. Freaks, freaks like that happen, or sorry, freakish performances like like that can happen, and bad runs can happen. But I don't know. I, I, I think a good horse will win a race like that, no matter what way it's fallen for them. Uh, sorry, a, a very good horse will win. Um, so as mm. Jet Powered can obviously still still get somewhat involved, I I would still have the likes of Fasal Vega and Marie National well clear of um of him now at this juncture anyway and uh, sure sure you know we can re we can we can uh assess that again once he runs again but just on the Marie National's last run 11 of the last 12 winners of this race had their last run uh, at least 66 days before the festival so whilst uh, Marie National will uh, obviously he's more than good enough it, it, that's the only part that's kind of eating away at me a little bit is that um they're going to have to really, really, really nail it at home now for him to be not fresh or anything else going there. I, I would just prefer a quiet run somewhere, but look, we can't have it all. Did you say 66 days? 66 yeah, 66. Days, yeah. So 11 okay, of the last 12 runners had, or winners had um, had their final run uh, within 66 days of the festival. Well, if you don't see Tamaris again, it's 66 days until the Supreme for that one. That's interesting enough. Marine National will have to go and defy 100 days. It is possible. Yeah, we'll be done with a very good horse when it when it needs to be done, of course. All right. I, I just I only asked the jet power question because the way they were raving about it after that debut, and I think went in as short as six to one uh, behind Faso Vega for the race. Now thirty threes and and rag odds around, of course, and it's a recovery mission for um, Henderson the Donnellys, of course. There, I think. I, right. I think the, you know just yeah, on, just buddy. a quick wise maybe worth mentioning that at the minute Nikki is just not running horses mm. through, through the week. He's just not running them. Um, would you just wonder maybe if, if uh, how healthy they all are? I don't really know whether he just hasn't got anything in the book to go at the minute, but it just seems odd that he, he's a good deal yeah, quieter. The only excuse there might be, Paddy, is I, I, I know Paul Nichols does his um, his shots around jabs, now, and I wonder yeah. does uh, have a few trainers after that year when they nearly were all wiped out for Cheltenham? Did, did they have they all changed it to, to around now? I wonder. Yeah, it's hard to know, but, you know, I mean, Nichols hasn't altered his vaccination dates and he's running horses left, right and centre. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. know, I like for, uh, there wouldn't have been many Januaries where he's racking up four timers. He just the, the form like he did at Taunton the other day, just the, the, it's very contrasting form um, yeah. from, you know, for, from the, the Henderson stable. But I was just a quick question for Gary as regards barry connell is he normally quite bullish as regards statements about his horses you know the way he's he's, he's had so much faith in in marine national is he does he normally chirp up or it w would do we have to take that seriously the way he, he he's talking about hey, that's that's definitely um a good question for don i mean he would have sat with him in plenty of panels and things like that i remember being at a preview night with barry connell and him telling everyone to literally remortgage and get on his arcana 
and how right he was. So he's not afraid of a big statement, Don. Yeah. Um, I, I, like he, he, he seems to be an optimist, Paddy, I'd say. Um, and he, he like, he, but, but at the same time, like I, I, I don't remember him ever being as bullish about a horse with as little experience as Marine Yassinal had at the time. Like, to say that you know he could be his best ever, that was it was a big and and he kind of he, he didn't really he didn't retract it, but he just kind of said, well you know potentially his best ever. Then he kind of mm. you know commuted it to that, but he, like he, he he's always always held this horse in really high and and you know um, his team as well at home, Roger Lockran and and the, and the likes they they seem to think that. Um, he he he's been the real deal for quite some time. So, and and he's done it. You know, it, it's more it's it's as much it's more what he's done on the track than um, the regard in which he's held at home. But like you know, no more than Fasil Vega. Like Willie Mullins, you rarely hear him being as bullish about any horse as he's been about Fasil Vega. Mm, start. Yeah. So you know, there's there um, there two that you know there could be two very very talented horses. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Don. I called you Gary. I'm so used to Gary asking all these questions. Um, but do you know what I thought was interesting? Because I would say they're probably if you look through every the the in running comments for every one of his races, maybe Barry is thinking with every one of his races travelled strongly. Mm. You know, he's a very pacey horse and. Um, you know, I know it was a little bit stop start uh, in in the in the Royal Bond, but like he was, the, the comments actually sort of read that he was a bit closer to the pace. But Michael rode him like out the back, early doors, and very cool. But the way he travelled into the race so quickly and so easy, I think maybe they're thinking, well, although we haven't got the hurdling experience of some of our rivals, we've got so much boot there's they, 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 they're they're not going to um they're not going to catch this fella out even though he mightn't have the the hurdling experience because he's he's, he's going to have maybe that bit more class but yeah I, I do find it really interesting that he's you know he's really spoken up about this little horse mm. like there was a point in the race where like he, he was just behind the pace and i think it was the leader hercules i think he made a mistake at around the fourth last or fifth last and he kind of got shuffled back. And then Prairie Dancer, I think, was behind him. He got shuffled back. And then suddenly, from having a lovely position just behind the pace, Marine Nacional was, was two rows back. But, you know, and, and that that wasn't it wasn't a positive for him. It kind of, you know, watching it live, you kind of thought, oh, he's lost a good position there. But Michael O'Sullivan, you know, didn't panic and made the best of a bad situation, just kind of got him out and eased his way then closer to the pace. And for me, that was an impressive part. Like, and Marine Nacional as well, for a horse who wasn't or isn't still that experienced, he didn't panic himself. He just kind of, you know, just eased his way there without, you know, it, it, like his jumping didn't suffer. And it was quite a, it was quite a tightly knit race. If you remember that they were quite well packed up. It was quite tight. The racing room was at a premium, but I, I just thought everything about Marine SNL that day was positive. Yeah. I mean, we are set for a clash there and a lot of people will look at that market and go, oh, Facil Vega straightforward odds on. But um, Marine National is, um, is, is a horse that's being talked about like that after actually proving something on the track, as you say, Don. It's not like it's come out and won a bumper. Um, it's come out and done uh, something very significant. Okay, I think that's a, enough on the Supreme. Fascinating um, discussion about the race as well. Let's move on to the Ballymore. And uh, I guess, you know, we had a bit of uh, evidence in plain sight just at the weekend, Don. Although it was a little bit disappointing we lost a couple of the hurdles, as we do at this time of year, unfortunately, which made the running 
um, slightly different than we might expect. But champ Kylie has bounced back and uh, must be in the picture. Yeah, like it was a bit unfortunate because of all the of all the races run over obstacles on Sunday, it was the only race that lost obstacles because <laughs> of the sun, and it was the Grade One race, which was a pity. But actually, I I think I I, I thought and I th- think I said at the time. If there was a horse that would have been inconvenienced by the omission of the obstacles, it was Cham Kiley because he was such a good jumper. A and B, he was in front. He was making the running, and I don't know what Paddy might obviously knows way more about this than I do. But I think for a front runner, it's not ideal to have that long a run in. You know, there isn't that flight of hurdles in the home straight, so the third last is the last, and then you're in front and you've nothing to keep your mind occupied, nothing to to aim at, bar the winning line at the top of the hill. So I thought Cham Kiley did really well to keep on as well as he did. He was challenged by a good horse in Irish Point. The pair of them pulled nicely clear of some very, very well-regarded horses like John Rising's a, a grade three winner. I know the way you're thinking was unbeaten in his two races. Grange Clare West, also unbeaten, probably didn't run his race. So maybe, you know, there'll be a, he'll, he'll bounce back and do better next time because Paul Townend rarely gets it wrong. And, you know, you have to choose one of them. You can only ride one in a race and it's it's one or the other. You can't go well. I'm kind of seventy percent him and thirty percent him. You have to. It's it's hundred percent and zero. So, um, and the market seemed to take that into account. But then towards the end, it was very interesting. The champ Kylie was really strong in the market. He was actually sent off a shorter price than Irish Point, uh, mm. who'd who'd beaten him in the Royal Bond Hurdle. So that was significant for me. I didn't really realize that afterwards. It was quite a quite a, a quick move just before the off. But I, I thought he did really well. And remember, he was sent off at odds on for the Royal Bond Hurdle against Irish yeah. Point and Marine National and Astro Diamond. So, and that was on the back of beating Brazil in a grade three at Tipperary. And Brazil went and won the Fishery Lane Hurdle next time. So the, the form is, is very, very solid for me. And yeah, I, I thought he did well. It's two and a half miles. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes next because the Dublin Racing Festival, it's either two miles or two miles six. There's no two and a half mile race at the Dublin Racing Festival anymore or there hasn't been since it became the Dublin Racing Festival. So Cham Kiley, he could go straight there. And if you look back on the winners of the Lawless of Nace race, who've gone on to win at Cheltenham, Bob Ollinger, he didn't run again after winning it. He won the Ballymore. And while then, he didn't run again, and he went on and won the Ballymore. So it's a it's a good template. for. And, you know, the, 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 the Nace race, it's just a little bit later than Christmas, so it gives you less, of t- less time towards the Dublin Racing Festival. And this year, I think it's a wee bit later than normal. It just falls on the... It's the second Sunday of January now. I think that's that's a wee bit later than it normally is. So there's even less. And the Dublin Racing Festival, I think, is a wee bit earlier. It's the third and f- or the fourth and fifth of February. So there's not a lot of time between now and the Dublin Racing Festival. I'd be surprised if he ran there. Now maybe Willie Mullins will find a race from along the way somewhere before Cheltenham. But I wouldn't be surprised if he went straight to Cheltenham. And yeah, I think he's going to be a big player. Absolutely. And, you know, if he doesn't go again, he's had his, what, three runs already this season. That's enough, probably. And and gone and won the right race. And it was nice to see that horse bounce back. Did you think um, anything else from that race in behind could actually go past Champ Kylie with a bit more experience? Um, I can't see it, Dean, really. You know, no. like another way of things, a lovely horse, Don Rising, stayed on. Well, I think maybe Don Rising might do better up in trip. He won a, or he finished second in a Bahrain trophy over a mile and five ferns on the flat on his last run. Yeah, amazing, yeah. So he, I wouldn't be surprised to see him stepping up on trip. He could be a three-miler. Another way of thinking is a lovely horse, well-related, well-regarded. And yeah, I, that was only his third ever run. So he, he's more inexperienced than Champ Kiley. But yeah, I, I just thought Champ Kiley won with plenty of authority. 
Yep, fair enough. Demo, I was going to ask you about I Know The Way You're Thinking because we're both looking forward to to this particular race with this horse stepping up into into some serious company and actually ran a very big race. And I'm not sure whether the hurdles not being in play um, towards the end of the race maybe inconvenienced that. I think he might have finished a little bit further. Might have been, yeah, he might have got a bit closer, but still, I just don't think he was up to champ, Kylie, regardless. I loved his horse. Uh, I really thought he was better than that. I think he was given maybe a small bit, as you said, he was given a small bit too much time to think, I think, once those hurdles were gone. Um, and he just didn't didn't quite go down for, for Dempsey, who, who gave him a great ride as well. I thought Luke Dempsey did everything right in him. It was just, yeah. just the way it was, unfortunately. I think he's a lovely horse. But I think now, Dean, something like, if they maybe ran him in a grade one again, at the Dublin Racing Festival, got that extra run into him. Um, he doesn't need the the tour, but just another run to kind of straighten him out. I do think something like the Martin Pipe, seeing what, what mark that he'd get for that uh, with Kieran Buckley on board, maybe I think he, he could be very, very hard to stop on that if he got any sort of a mark at all, you know? Yep, definitely stays on the radar, all right. And um, it, and it was it was a fascinating race, as it always is, that Lawless and Nace. Let's talk about the, the Ballymore picture then as it stands. I mean, Don's talked a lot there about Champ Kylie, um, and, and quite rightly so now, sits second in the market. But the favourite here, Paddy, is Hermes Ellen. And uh, that one's done enough for Paul Nichols. He has, definitely, Dino. And I think it was maybe very interesting that both maybe Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols had the track very well walked at Newbury the other day because I think track position was absolutely massive. Um, you know, this horse went right round the inside the whole way, Harry Cobden, and he was even at pains in between the hurdles to go out onto sort of the ground in between the chase and the hurdle track. So I thought tactically it was a very astute ride. It didn't matter. It wasn't the winning of the race, but, you know, he, he absolutely kicked them out of the way and yeah one or two in behind underperform but you know i think the second of jamie snowden's that's a very very good mare and, and that's a very good solid run but she couldn't get near hermes allen and in what looked quite a warm and deep race he was a very very convincing winner and yeah, he's ticked every box along the way hasn't he and very exciting horse and i think if his price holds up he's good value hermes allen i wouldn't like to see him get much shorter because there's no doubt you could have some improvers in behind them going forward, but at round about threes, if he holds up at that sort of price, I'd be happy to be with him. Yep. If the race was tomorrow, I think I'd be in, in a similar vein there. Uh, Demo, where would you have the Irish in the English form there on what we've seen so far? Um, Again, I think the Irish horses are better, but Hormies Allen is the one. You know, we always say in this podcast that um, a, a good horse can win bad races not that I think that they're awful races over there but you know Hermes Allen is burying an awful lot of good ones the the horse he beat easily at Cheltenham what was the name of the Twiston Davies horse that the lads like for the we've all been caught yeah you know yeah. he beat him quite exactly that one's coming out he beat him he, quite he could well could be a, yeah. a runner for an Albert Bartlett yeah yeah you know so like like they're, they're, they're 100% is form there he's doing it quite easy as well so he's um He's a deserved favourite, and it's nice. It will be nice because it's been a while since Paul Nichols had had won at Cheltenham that won a big race for him. You know, he, he tends to dominate the kind of the rest of the season, but when it comes to top of the games, his last big winner, Cheltenham, is it? 
Uh, one that only won a handicap, didn't it? Yeah. Obviously, it went and won um, a little old one. Went and won an RSA, yeah, yeah. but it only won a, won a handicap. A little old um, one, a queen mother as well. But that was a shock. But yeah, yeah. like uh, and Brave Man's game would have been in a similar vein to this one, coming in to take on the big Irish yes. and uh, and obviously found Gayard de Menu and Bob Ollinger too good. But that's no back number. He obviously had one in the right race at the right day and just bumped into two. If this, that could happen to him here, yeah, and then. There's only one of the huge prize that I kind of like for this, um, and I like the way that he won a Tremor on New Year's Day. I think that this has kind of been been lost with the wash a little bit, but um, key de Paris for uh, Rich Ritchie and Willie Mullins uh, for this race. Uh, I thought that that performance, he did it quite easy. You know, it's a track where you know, you're not going to get a whole pile of attention. Was in that Limerick over Christmas, but kind of ran here instead. And um, if the ground was come up right for him, I just think 33 to 1 that is there for him is too big. He did look very good that day, I thought. Uh, did it quite easily in the end, went clear and then just just, just kind of strolled home. Um, he'd be one at a huge price. But if I had to pick one to win right now, I would be agreeing with Don. I do think Sham Kylie going up and trip just adds a little more of a dimension for him, lets him focus just a little bit more. And Sham Kylie, sometimes horses like him can be forgotten <coughs> because they're running... Yep. All summer, and uh, because of that, his form kind of wasn't wasn't taken so seriously. And yeah, no, I do think uh, Cham Kiley from a win point of view, and Keed Keed Parry from an each way point of view. They'll probably get another run, or they'll have to get at least another run into Keed Parry. You might see that around the Dublin Race Festival. Something going to come out of the woodwork here, Don. I mean, we talked about Hermes Allen and and uh, and Cham Kiley, and yeah, I'm not sure where you stand on the Irish versus English form at this point with those two. But, I mean, there is the likes of a Gaelic warrior could go here and Pierre Pass could go here and then unbeaten in the pocket for Henry de Bromhead and in, in prominent enough in the market. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... it's uh, I thought in the pocket did well to win the last eight nights. He only got home by a neck in the end from three-card brag, but three-card brag is a nice horse who might step out again in trip and in the pocket. Yeah. That was another race in which the hurdles were omitted at Nace and in the pocket again, he was travelling very, very well. And again, I don't think he was helped by the fact that um, the hurdles were omitted and he he looked really good in winning his maiden at Wexford and then stepped forward again in that in the race at the, the last day. So, uh, yeah, he's interesting. And then Paddy mentioned Ampara Pass earlier on. He was very, very good in winning at Nace and that was two miles three. So he's in the betting for the Supreme as well. But you think that having one over two miles three, it's the Ballymore. And you know, I know Willie Mullins doesn't take distances into account very often. He does he's the right race as opposed to the right distance. So, uh, yeah. you don't know where he's going to go, but it, that's the thing, isn't it? And if some, you know, Fasil Vega, it, it kind of looks like they're all angling towards the the Ballymore. A lot, a lot of the other Willie Mullins horses who aren't Fasil Vega, but like Gaelic Warrior, like he's finished second in the Fred Winter. He won over two miles at Tremor. He's in at Clonmel now on Thursday over two miles as well. So, and yet it's the Ballymore seems to be the the, the race that he's that they're talking about for him. So. You just don't know where they're going to go. But yeah, Ampere Pass, definitely, definitely looking forward to seeing where he goes again and in the pocket likewise. They're they're both unbeaten. They're both progressive. And you just don't know how, how good they could be. Yeah, fair enough. And do you know what surprises me is that Gaelic Warrior obviously has a fantastic handicap mark as well. And uh, I think it's currently rated 134. So even if you bump that up a little bit for the UK tax, maybe like 137, 138, something like that. It's just enough to, to get in and go and win anything they want. Perfect. Them. Yeah, one, three, eight. You get into anything off a nice weight. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, they, they did. I would, I still think they made that mistake last year going up against, uh, and obviously getting beaten by 
um, Brazil at the festival that one more run wouldn't have mattered. They would have then probably gone and got the race, although the winner was a good horse. So yeah, conundrums for them, conundrums for them indeed. Uh, but it does look like this will be the direction to go, <clears throat> even though, as you say, Don, uh, a two-mile entry uh, coming up this week. We'll learn more. We will learn more. It's a fascinating um, picture and a little bit similar to the Supreme in that you've got um, potentially two very, very good ones at the top who have form in the book and look like they're, they're the right types. And then a few to step forward still with a little bit less experience and a little bit of less frank form. Okay, why don't we move on then to the Albert Bartlett, um, a market that I have been struggling with, Dermo, I have to say, totally struggling with it. This Hidden Valley Lake does look an interesting horse, of course, very good at Cork. Um, prior to that, of course, one at Nace. But a horse like that doesn't win the Albert Bartlett, although there may be times have changed. Times have changed, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it always was that you know you needed forty-five runs, and then you you know you, you could win this race, and that's all turned on its head. Sure, this time last season we hadn't even seen the Albert Bartlett winner yet. I don't think had we. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, and it's almost like the first time I properly saw the nice guy. He was bounding up the hill. Yeah, literally. You know, he wanted Nice that day quite well. I think it was Nice, and then uh, kind of just yeah, literally just went straight there. Bang. <laughs> uh, Willie Mullins and all these modern day way of training. Have completely changed it all. Hidden Valley Lake has been brilliant. Um, has the benefit of already winning over three miles, so we kind of know exactly where we stand with him. He's he is an excellent horse. Uh, Favori de Champu is another really good horse, but uh, poor old Gordon Elliott has had a lot of good ones go for this race, and uh, he hasn't quite quite got yeah, the job done. Tough. Um, yeah. American Mike will be interesting in this, but he he just looks all over the place. Same with Grange Clare West. This is a race that's absolutely all over the place. There's two that I really like. Um. I think one horse over Christmas that didn't get enough attention, and this goes back to what Don just said a minute ago about uh, trips not mattering a whole pile with Willie Mullins. Uh, Dark Raven won over two miles at Christmas, but all Willie Mullins spoke about after the race was going up and trip with him. Um, mm. He's a double green. He was brilliant. He was really good that day, I thought, at Leopardstown. He did it quite easily. That was his first run after a year off, um, and he's come back way stronger for that. He's 33-1 to 1 for this race. I would not be surprised at all to see Dark Raven here. Uh, I think he'll he'll probably end up in that two mile six race at Leperstown and could kick on from there. Uh, I gotcha. think I think thirty three to one is huge about him, really really big. And then the other one that I mentioned before, I'm just trying to find out more about him. I haven't heard a thing about this horse, but I really liked him in bumpers. I had him down for this. Is a Lisnagor Fortune? You can get him about fifty to one. I really liked him in bumpers, um, and I'm just hoping that maybe maybe he comes out like the. Uh, the nice guy and just has one run and goes on to do it. But of the ones that have ran so far, I'd want another run into him, obviously, and to prove that he definitely stays. But to me, he did look like it. And that is a dark Raven Dean at, um, a 33 to one is when I backed for this. Yeah. I like that. I like that angle. Why not? And, uh, you got Willie Mullins backing you up with the, when to step out and trip likely to go at the Dublin racing festival over that longer distance. And then it, this will look very obvious. Uh, Paddy, this, this is still a bit of a minefield at this time. It is. Um, I suppose Hidden Valley Lake, re theoretically, should be unbeaten because he was going to win his point, wasn't he? And he was carried out by a loose horse at the, the second last. And he looked very convincing. And obviously, he's probably done what a few others here haven't. And, and he's ticked the box as regards stamina already, hasn't he? Hidden Valley yeah. Lake. But one I thought at a price here, depending if he goes, is Sandor Clegane for Paul Nolan. Yeah. I just think, you know, he completely bombed out uh, behind Fasa Vega at Punjastown. But apart from that, I mean, but, but that was uh, an absolute shocker. So I don't think he was beaten maybe on merit that day. But he's a horse now who, to me, it appears that he's starting to put it together. They stretched him out, didn't they, at Punjastown last time to, you know, it's over 
two mile five and a half. He won by 12 lengths that day. And it's just great to see the Nolan team finally just coming out of the doldrums a little bit. And yeah, I reckon maybe this is a horse who, who, who's quietly going about his business. And maybe connections feel like they, they could be going to Cheltenham with a nice one here. You know, that these owners are, are no, no, um, it's not like they've not had big winners in the past. And yeah, I reckon they could have, could have a nice run here in Sandert again. He's round about 14s. Yep, yep. It's certainly in the mix, all right. And another one you probably see um, around uh, the Dublin Racing Festival. Don, what have you making made of Hidden Valley Lake so far? Obviously, the one with the stamina ticked, grade form win tick. Uh, light on experience doesn't seem to be an issue anymore with this kind of race but what do you make of it yeah i really like him ding um everything about him really as patty said there is back form because uh, the way he won the last day was a three mile race a grade three race he like it, was, it looked like a deep race beforehand and it didn't look like he was traveling like the best horse in the race from a little way out but the way that he stayed and he, he the way that he picked up when his stamina kicked in he like he won by eight lengths in the end from cool survivors a good staying horse of gordon elliott's as well and he had let's be clear about it well behind him in fourth and let's be clear about it ran favori the champ too to about four lengths i think at limerick the last day in the in the grade two race i think it's the doran's pride hurdle or the old doran's pride hurdle um and that's a race that like that that brings favori de champ into it for sure like martella tower won that race that limerick race pen yeah. won it and they all went on fury road won it and he was only he was only just beaten by this exhibition and monkfish in the other order in the Albert Bartlett. So he comes into it, especially if the ground comes up on the testing side, which it can do for the Albert Bartlett hurdle. But Hidden Valley yeah. Lake, like even the, the race that he won at Nace, we mentioned before uh, in, the, in the context of um, Cada Harley, he was behind him that day. The Santa Anita was behind him. Gaekul was behind him. And that was over two, two miles three. It's interesting that Henry de Bram had stepped him right up to three miles the last day and he saw it out well. He's now talking about running him in, I think, the Sure Hall Mercedes-Benz race at Clonmel in February, which that's the race in which Alaho beat Manella Indo before Manella Indo went on and won the Albert Bartlett. Monley won that race and he finished second to Penn in, in the Albert Bartlett. So it's a, that's, it's a, I, I love that route. It's a good route. He's not bringing him to Leopardstown for the Nathaniel Lacey race over two miles six. He's keeping it kind of lower key and going for that Clonmel race, which I think is, you know, Henry de Bromhead, he knows which way is up. So I think that's a really good route for him. And he's progressive. Yeah, like, you know, it used to be you wanted a battle-hardened horse for the Albert Bartlett, three miles novice. You wanted, you know, lots of lots of experience and lots of grittiness. But I think this fellow is just improving. And to me, that's a, that's, a, that's a better type of horse to look for for this race now. Very good. Very good. And, you know, right, sits at the top of the market, around 11 to 2, best price in the village for Hidden Valley Lake. Um, any thoughts about an American Mike turnaround, Don? Everyone would have had it on the radar for probably something even shorter distance than this. But if it ended up being the Albert Bartlett, can he come back? He can, yeah. I mean, like it was soft ground the last day, wasn't it? And they would, they seemed to go very fast. Like Afferdale Fury set a good pace, and American Mike came to try and get him, and then. Afferdale Fury came down and Don Rising was the one who stayed on. Um, remarkably, he won by eight lengths in the end, Don Rising. Mm, I don't know what price yeah. he traded and running, but I'm sure it was big. And yeah, like, you know, American Mike, he's got all that back form from last season. He was close to Faciel Vega in the champion bumper. And he beat Let's Be Clear About It to win his maiden hurdle at Down Royal. And Let's Be Clear About It, I, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't won as often as his talent says he should have won because he's a good horse. And he's, you know, that form ties in with Favorite de Champ too and with Hidden Valley Lake. So, it, it, like, he, he didn't progress from that American Mike, but I think, therefore, it's possibly 
because of an off day for some reason maybe the ground was just so holding that day or some other reason maybe it just wasn't his day it was a long odds on shot so you know you, you can always forgive a horse one poor run to my mind like I, ideally you'll find a reason for it but even if you can't find a reason for it like it was just a run that wasn't consistent with what he'd done before so yeah yeah i, I definitely wouldn't be writing him off proper stayer in the pedigree and it's gone yeah dawn rising ran okay uh obviously the last day so yeah i mean i'm sure there'll still be big supporters of of that horse maybe needs one more run to go and prove that everything is all well under the hood um but the albert bartlett certainly taking shape dermo we have to mention we've all been caught because obviously our friend Fryboy and from bookmakers.co.uk with his daily tipping page he told us all about this horse um before and when they were when and they gary were conley as well yeah and Gary did indeed as well with proper sexy prices around. Obviously, it's come out and won now since then. And uh, 16 is 20 to 1. There's still a bit of value in that. You know, the Twistons know how to uh, how to prepare one for the big day at that meeting, of course. And they've only got one entry. This is where it will go. Yeah. And it's a serious training performance. Really, really good. Um, he's a superb trainer anyway. Like that, you know, when he, he lost those few horses, he just really kicked back into gear again. Twiston Davis, was, that wouldn't have been easy. He lost them to... Uh, the die water sources left and everything else you know like all that would have been tough and instead of one word going to the media not one word was said he just had a training you know uh big winners which is a great antidote just, for it just send me more yeah yep. literally and yep. uh yep. he handles horses like this so so well the only problem i just have with the form is like how good is rock my way in second we'd kind of need to see him again um but he did everything well that day really well they 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 left the pile back to the third fourth and fifth um so definitely this this horse is more than talented but uh small bit of irish snobbery dean at times with these these novice races just kind of <laughs> leads me to lead me to go back to the the green white and gold all right it's all right that's why i'm fighting the corner i'm fighting the corner here it's fine uh we we've all been caught for me definitely looks the, the best of the home team and one that um you know i already have a, a small interest in and i'll be interested to see how it develops obviously it was really nice to see it come out and back up the run behind um, Hermes Allen, where it was eye-catching. And and uh, although they didn't go out in trip, they went back to chant them again, this time on the new course, and got the job done beating Rock My Way. So I would definitely keep that in there. Now, I think, you know, we've got through the, the three main races there for the Novice Hurdles. Um, I was going to throw this at the at the team here, of course. We've got a Mare's Novice Hurdle, and of course the Juveniles in the Triumph. But they're one-horse races, them, aren't they? Luckier and, um, and Lossy Mouth, the two L's. Uh, yeah, probably not. No, Dean. I think uh, <laughs> I'd have Asher Diamond ahead of Lucia now myself. Uh, I think that open form is very, very strong. I think she's improving as the season goes on as well. Uh, I really do. Um, and then I can't remember the, what was the name of that Triumph horse that the, that the lads were all talking about the, uh, the Gary Moore horse. When? Remember Martin's. Oh, Bo Zenith. Bo Zenith. That's it. Uh, is he still? Yeah, that's he's still, he's still alive. alive. I, I hope so. Um, but now around sixty-six to one from twenty. <laughs> difficult, uh, difficult race hour yeah. charge. We, uh, we move. Hey, the look! Prize you've out. always got that. You've always got that day in France where it did a quicker time than Lossy Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Lossy Mouth does look unbelievably hard to beat. But as much as Lucia has looked absolutely brilliant, um, I would be happy to take her on with Astro Diamond. I just think she's she's done that a little bit more. That's all. Fair enough, fair enough. Paddy, I make it uh, one to Team GB with uh, Luckier or Lucia and uh, and one to Ireland with Lossy Mouth. Yeah, Lossy Mouth looks very, very good. I suppose, look, we've got to be worried. I know Lucia was pitched in pretty deep at the first time of asking over hurdles, and that was a well-run race. I think it's probably form that will stand up, but she has shown, I know it was a bad scope or something the other day, wasn't it? But 
she has overcome a, a, quite a, a severe injury as well in the past. So she's not been the easiest to keep the wheels on. Obviously, she's she's very talented. But I think that run of Astro Diamond was a real eye catcher the other day, wasn't it? Um, mm. Behind Fasal Vega. It really was. Um, but I think me, I'd probably be in agreement with Dermo here and go maybe Ashro Diamond um, simply because I know we've got plenty of time going forward yet, but I just want to be a bit more convinced with Seven Barrows lads, you know, that they're a bit more a bit more confidence behind these horses. Um, so for now, I'd, I'd, I'd be in, in, the, in the William Mullins camp. Yep, it's coming the the stage where Nicky Henderson's entries are all double entries. One's uh, an entry to stay at the yard and one's an entry to go to the racetrack. Don, uh, what do we think of uh, those two contests? I called them one horse race, but I'm just joshing, you know. And, and Epitan didn't, didn't get an entry in the mayor's hurdle. No. And then did. And, and then did. Well, she didn't get an entry, but she's got the <laughs> option. Entry, but still consider her a runner, is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure JP could afford the old, the old few quid anyway. I think, I think Nick is paying it himself, isn't he? He's oh, yeah. He's yeah. going to pay the supplementary fee. Because hands up. Yeah. No, good. Good that she's still in the mare's hurdle mix anyway. That's good. Um, yeah, like I, I'm with the lads on Ashford Diamond. I think she's a lovely mare. And we're back to the Royal Bond hurdle form. Like she travelled really well through that race. She and Marine Nacional were the only two horses still travelling on the run around the home turn. And mm. she ha- she'd had to make up a little bit of ground from the rear. She was out the back that day. And she she just got up and got the better of Cham Kiley for third place for all the Cham Kiley's we've discussed and probably improved on Sunday. So that, that was a nice run. And yeah, she was well back again against Fasil Vega the last time she stayed on. I thought she was going to get up to, on the, when they turned for home, I thought she was going to get up for second in front of Elette Tom, but she just had plenty of ground to make up. So back among mares, if this is her race, then yeah, I think she's really interesting in that because, you know, she like she, she won the... The mayor's bumper at entry last season. She was all the rage for that. She was sent off a short enough price favourite for that, and she's got a lot of a lot of depth to her form as well. I think, and the triumph hurdle, yeah, like it's just wanted to take a wee bit more shape now. Like last time out, she's done all that's been asked. She, you know, beat Zarek the Brave the last day impressively, and then looked very good. Looked probably even better in winning at Leopardstown last time. So yeah, she's the one they all have to beat. I think. Fair enough, fair enough. And, you know, the Adonis is so close to Cheltenham and be the last chance maybe to get a couple of these other ones out. We've had a few uh, let the let the sides down, let various supporters down. Um, okay, look, I really enjoyed that, chaps. Um, we've been through the uh, novices and included, of course, the, the juveniles there with the, with the triumph um, and a fascinating insight. I thought hopefully we've pointed you in the right way. Uh, with a few of them at this juncture, as it is. You've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, the totes.co.uk. We'll be back on Friday to have a look at some of the weekend action and have a go at that tote guarantee 250k place. But uh, we haven't had much success, but Dermo's back this week. So, uh, no. <laughs> I don't got any help at all, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm thinking it's going to go worse. But uh, <laughs> we we're, 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 we're certainly have a go at it along with uh, Jamie Benson and crew. So we look forward to doing that. For now, though, my thanks go to Don McLean, Dermot Nolan and Paddy Asper. I've been Dean Ryan. Thanks for listening to The Race Hour.